Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Welcome to episode 59, Ever a Quagane, of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, go to www dot bite size dot irish slash podcast now online we've got um bite size irish gaelic program and we'll be talking to a member of the program i think in a couple of seconds but i'd first like to welcome our newest members and these are paying members who signed up as opposed to uh we get a lot more free trial members i guess so welcome into our proper full premium members uh, so they are Robert in Arizona, US, uh, Victoria in Santa Fe, California, John in Massachusetts, Annette in another in California, Don in North Carolina, Stephen in Denver, Donald in Colorado. So Donald, I wonder were you born in Ireland or do you have Irish parents or what's the story? Uh, Finway in Washington, Ian in the UK. Kelly in Massachusetts and Falta Stach to Joseph, another person in Massachusetts. Are you all friends or what's the story? I see you're in different cities in Massachusetts, but I wonder are there connections? Uh, there's Timothy in Oregon, Amy somewhere in Ireland, uh, Barbara in Virginia, David, another person in Washington State, and last but not least, Stephanie in Ontario, Canada. So welcome to everybody to Bite Sides Irish Gaelic. And today I'm joined by Vanessa Bushel. Vanessa, Giorit, Konasatatu. Gia is Moragwich. Tome Gama, Kodfutsa. Oh, Tome Anawa, Tome Arous, Gurumila Mahagut. And uh, hello. And uh, Vanessa, whereabouts are you in the world? I live in Australia in the Sunshine Coast, which is just a little bit north of Brisbane. Well, I have to say, fair play. Um, You've been proactive in wanting to try out your bit of Irish language. So I fully respect that because we've spoken on the podcast before how, you know, if somebody visits Ireland and say you walk into a shop, like I've been like that in the Gaeltacht regions, it's like it's a bit scary. There's You hear a bit of a mix of Irish and English spoken. You don't want to stick out and you do the easy thing. You speak a bit of English, but... You're you're really, I have to say, pushing yourself in a good way. And that's the only way to learn. So, Vanessa, am I right? Are you a member of Bite Size Irish Gaelic? Yes. Yes, I am. Have been for around about six months. Okay. And the way we, we got to know you at Bite Size was we hear a lot on our Facebook page. It's, I think, facebook.com slash Bite Size Irish Gaelic. And you've been, again, proactive in sharing what I see as your enthusiasm for not just the Irish language, but Ireland more generally. So I'd say a lot of people listening can associate with that a bit of a love for Ireland. So uh, have you ever been to Ireland? No, (laughs) I haven't. Um, 
but I am about to. I'm going for three months in May, so I'll be there from May, June, July, August, and then the Garda will throw me out of the country if I stay any longer. Oh, so, so it's kind of <laughs> a visa thing, right, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I can stay for the maximum time that a tourist can stay, which is three months. Ah, oh, cool. So how come Ireland? Like, Do you have Irish ancestry or how does it go? I actually do. Yeah. My mother's last name's McConnell and her side of the family um, has Irish descent. They would have come out, I guess, from the potato famine time, I think. Mm. Um, and they were early settlers in South Australia or Adelaide. So, and there's still, even though you don't, like, they certainly don't talk the language and they, you know, there's still an Irish feel about them that both on her parents have, I don't know, I guess quite a strong sort of, yeah, Irish descent or I think her mother was Irish Catholic and her father is Irish as well. Yeah. But yes. she was not really Irish and so, sorry. Okay. And so when you were growing up, Vanessa, like, was there any sense for yourself did you feel any bit of Irish or was it just something kind of somewhere in the background or how was it? Well, to be honest, I didn't identify it at all in my background. Dad was in the Air Force, so he travelled around a lot. We travelled around the world a lot and we didn't have much connection with our extended family. And yeah, I, if anything, I felt a bit orphaned. <laughs> so I don't really feel, I'd never felt any roots anywhere. I think that was important. Um hmm. And the reason why that's important is last year when I did start to connect with Ireland, I just got this um, enormous sense of home and connection that I've never experienced before in my life. And I guess that's one of the underlying things with my passion for Ireland, <laughs> which has surprised me. I, I certainly didn't expect that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And is there a certain place in Ireland, do you know where some of your ancestors came from in Ireland? Or I don't. I have to track that yeah. down. Um, I need yeah. to do a little bit of research. I definitely know that they came out from Ireland in the mid-19th century. And, and yeah, it would have been around the potato famine sort of time. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can only imagine what life was like. It, I'm sure it was – well, it, it's not that I'm sure. It's obvious it was a very different life to what you yes. see around Ireland now. Like, it's – in fairness, mm. it's a different country now, but we have roots in in that old history and yeah same for Australia like I'm sure Australia at the time was much more rugged and a tough life than the easy life you have in Australia these days oh yes definitely um but yeah I mean one thing I've think about living in Australia which it's just a sense that I've always had but it's been very clear last year was even though I've always been Australian, I'm actually not really feeling that connected to this land and I'm not really sure what that's about. But mm. when I actually put my feet on Irish soil, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, you've uh, chosen the, the nicely wettest months. I'm joking. The summer months. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was always wet. <laughs> uh, it is always wet. Yeah, um, they're saying that this past December we've had like a, a winter's worth of rainfall already so that was a, a wet month we've had um five named storms it's it's kind of, it's a new thing in Ireland that they name the storms these days do they name the storms in Australia 
Uh, we named the hurricanes. <laughs> named the hurricanes, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Australia's weather's quite severe. I mean, I guess we don't really name the storms, but I mean, you know, it was only a few years ago, 2011, when we had the Brisbane floods. And I don't know if you saw any of that, but um, yeah, I actually posted some pictures of Brisbane, which is a whole city built in a floodplain. And, you know, these skyscrapers are sticking out of the flood, <laughs> the floods. <laughs> and I posted that on the Carrick on Shannon site just because someone was saying you know they've built Carrick and Shannon on a floodplain and they were saying no I have they haven't and I said well it can't be as bad as Brisbane they built a whole city on a floodplain and I put up <laughs> these photos <laughs> and people were going is that real life <laughs> oh, <laughs> so give us a bit of context because Carrick and Shannon like uh, I know but listeners probably don't know unless they've been checking the news daily there's been some flooding in Ireland and Carrick and Shannon's one of the worst affected areas. So, Vanessa, what have you seen about flooding in Ireland the last few days or weeks? Yeah, so over the last few weeks, um, it's still flooded. And I guess a lot of the information that I've seen is probably around that Carrick and Shannon in County Leitrim. And, yeah, I mean, it's not as full-on as Brisbane, but, um, yeah, people are definitely hindered in their life. Um, the floods are coming up to the shop fronts and I think I just saw recently that people have been evacuated from their houses so it's not it's not good and that's the second flood that they've had in in a few years and it's supposed to be um, something like a you know a 500 year flood it's not supposed mm. to flood in like four or five years <laughs> but yeah. yeah I have to do yeah. a shout out to Paul O'Brien he might be listening to this and he lives in Ahluin in Athlone and uh, we were trying out a bite-sized Irish Gaelic live about a year ago where we'd match a tutor with a, a learner and we didn't, we weren't able to run with that service because it was so hard to match up one tutor with one learner. So we might do it differently another time. But Paul was uh, one of the teachers and he was very kind and really helped out. So he was on the TG Cahir, um main news on Nuacht. Um It was on the 4th of January 2016. If anybody wants to look it up, you can see him on the report. And uh, yeah, Athlone is also probably in the same water kind of system in the end. Um, Athlone's on the River Shannon, and which is the biggest river in Ireland. And they've been having a tough old time as well. But Sounds like a lot of volunteers. I'd say you've seen the same thing with Carrick and Shannon. People help out and help each other out. They do. They do. You get a real sense of community. And I guess when I come to Ireland, I mean, one of the things I'm really looking for is a sense of community. Australia's got quite a transient sort of population and the sense of community. And um, and I know a lot of other um, Australians in my generation have too. So one of the hopes that I have when I go to Ireland is to start to find maybe even connect with some sense of community and so watching the Facebook pages of Carrick on Shannon and there's lovely Leitrim and so there's a few sort of ones around Leitrim mm. and I sort of you know look at people talking and and um and look at sort of you know how they're helping each other out and what they're doing and and yeah it's it's interesting to see the actual community connecting with each other. That's good yeah and it's something I've said on the podcast too you know I, with my family, we live in, you know, a, a housing estate, as we call it, with about 
hundred hundred and fifty other houses that all look the same. And yes, I've seen that. Yeah, it, it depends on I guess how you approach it, but people generally don't know too many people around them. People in probably older parts of Limerick City where we are, there's probably you know, you'd know your locals and yeah, no, I, I go walking along the river or jogging along the river here and you definitely bump into the same guys a day in, day out and you start chatting with them and that is great. But yeah, it's the more places on the more rural side of things, you'll definitely, without a doubt, uh, come across that more community kind of feeling. So that's good. So Vanessa, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you too, because not just for your trip, but I suppose in preparation for your trip, but I saw all the enthusiasm you had for the language itself. And I think you've got a nice positive approach um, to learning the language, basically making use of different resources and making it, from what I can see, kind of part of your daily life. So you're, you, you sound like a, a good Facebooker. Are there a couple of pages or groups that you use on Facebook that are to do with the language? Yes, definitely. Uh And I guess then the whole thing of like community, Facebook's actually a fantastic forum. The the upside of it anyway is it's great Uh to connect community across the world. In terms of being a new Irish speaker, it's fantastic. At school, when I was learning languages, I think we learned a bit of French and German. I couldn't do it to save myself, and I (laughs) didn't do well at all. So I just put it down as I'm really bad at languages. But with all the Facebook forums and the programs um, with audios and things that also give you a passion for the culture itself, it makes Irish heaps easier to learn than what it would have been, say, 10 years ago. Mm. Um, Some of the Facebook things that I interact with on Mm -hmm. a daily basis, and it's just a little bit every day. So it is a lifestyle thing. It's it's a sort of a shift to I do a little bit of Irish every day. I don't think there's been a day that I haven't like either, you know, read some Irish or or written some Irish. I don't get to speak with people in Irish because I don't know any Mm -hmm. Irish speakers, but um, I do a little bit of Irish every day. And um, some of those groups are, um, I mean, there's Bite Size Irish Gaelic Facebook group. There's also the Irish Language Learners Facebook group. I think they're connected to one of the immersion programs in one in where is it? It's in one of the southern counties. Yeah, um, um, in Waterford, I I heard yes. that the organizer was traveling, and he he happened to bump into some guy that I know from Limerick, which is kind of funny. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so Irish language yes. learners. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. So I talk to them, and when they post little bits of Irish, I respond to them and I respond in Irish. So it's an exercise and I have to go Mm -hmm. and actually translate stuff (laughs) and understand it and try and piece sentences together that actually makes sense. And what other groups do you... Um, So I I do that. Also, there's the Duolingo. I do Duolingo each day and there's Mm -hmm. Duolingo, there's two Duolingo Facebook groups and there's also a Irish book club on Facebook where we translate Irish books into English. Hmm, cool. So I'll ask you first about Duolingo. Uh, So it's a fantastic app, first of all. It's, uh, they've Mm. got a great approach, I think, for uh, taking it in really small bite-sized pieces. So fair play to them. They've done a great job. 
And uh, tell me about the community. Like, is there an Irish language speaker from Duolingo to help or is it more just community driven or how does it work? Um, I think there is a person who sort of set it up and watches over it. But most of us are people just learning Irish. But there's some strong Irish speakers in the group. And what I've noticed, and this is a nice thing, is that through different Facebook groups, you see the same people popping up uh, yeah, over and over yeah. again, especially if they're strong speakers. And, and you get to sort of like feel a bit supported by that and ask some questions and, and get to actually learn some stuff from them as well. Oh, that's great. And Vanessa, by the way, would you consider trying to meet up with them, with some of them in Ireland, those who are in Ireland? Definitely. One of my things I'm going to, well, one thing I'm going to do when I go to Ireland is go to some immersion weeks. I want to do oh, yeah. three of them, one in each dialect, the Ulster, the Connacht and the um and your one, the monster, monster, <laughs> monster. Yeah. and and then I also just want to catch up with um, Irish speakers. So I thought if I go to pubs, I'm sure I'll find old men who speak Irish at me. <laughs> oh, that's um, fantastic! Yeah, but also I'm just talking up with people. So anyone on these groups, I'm telling them that I'm going to Ireland, and if they're in Ireland, um, if they want to catch up and have a coffee, and yeah, I want to speak as much Irish with people as I can. Yeah, cool, fair play, and. What's your feeling? Um, what's the general vibe you get from these Irish language communities online? Is it friendly? Is it intimidating? Or how does it feel to you as somebody who's relatively new to them? I feel that, you know, everyone's pretty friendly. It's actually really nice. Um, the I guess the emerging international Irish-speaking community, especially with social media, I think is getting stronger I get that impression mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's lots of lovely people around the world there's lots of lovely people in America in Canada and Australia and yeah and they're all learning Irish and it's just a fantastic way of like learning it with each other on a daily basis just jumping on Facebook <laughs> oh isn't it great yeah so what I'll say to people listening like we've spoken about immersion weekends before and I think uh, it's a fantastic opportunity if you have the chance somewhere in your locality it depends where you are but in the states for example there's an annual one a great one in san francisco uh, in bloomington indiana we've spoken with devon on the podcast and other places around so you should check it out do a little search and if facebook isn't such your thing and maybe you are a bit of intimidated the people listening to a visit like an immersion weekend but really what it is really is the chance to meet up with people in the same situation as you so I know it can be a bit scary but it it would be well worth your time so Vanessa um before uh, with we, that one uh -huh, yeah as please. well there are also immersion programs in Australia I uh, know there's one in Adelaide and there's one in Sydney and haven't found one in the Brisbane area though. So Sydney's about 16 hours for me to drive to. So it's a bit far away, but, um, but um, yeah, so we do actually have some immersion things in Australia as well. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, I'll do a little searchy and um, I'll put links in the show notes as well to what I can find. And if there are Australian listeners, I'd love if you could reply as well to the show notes page. So I'll be mentioning that in a minute. So Vanessa, just last question for you. So 
Is there a certain place or like a little route you want to follow in Ireland when you're visiting? Like, is are there places that you're going to target to visit? Yes, there are, besides the immersion weeks. I mean, I, I sort of imagine at this point that I'll go to County Leitrim and sort of use that as a bit of a home base as I explore mainly the West Coast. So I'll just be up and down the West Coast, I think. And yeah, County Leitrim is um, it's only got a very small population, but there's beautiful landscapes. And it's a place that Yates went to write. And I'm a fantastic and so part of what I'm going to do there is also write. One of my stories is actually an urban fantasy story, which will I want to embed Irish into that story so that I can sort of, you know, introduce Irish to the world through a mainstream, otherwise English-written book. <laughs> and my characters are some Irish mythological characters, Morrigan and Cúculainn. So I want to be able to get as accurate as I can to to what's in their head, which means I needed to understand Irish. And that's actually the reason why I started learning Irish was because I'm writing that book. Oh, excellent. Well, that's the way to do it, isn't it? And for people listening, is there anywhere they can find you online for a bit of your writing or more information? Ah, I'm just want, setting up not. my, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just setting up my um, website at the moment. My pen name is Nissa Bashel which we can do a link to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. there, this month there will be a website to that and there is a Facebook page for for my author site as well. So, yeah, when they're actually written, <laughs> which is going to take a little while, but, um, yeah, then people can always go on there and, and have a look at that. But, yeah, I do, I do want to have Irish actually in there and think about how these characters would actually think more in Irish than they would in English. And great stuff. I'd say... Uh, just by the very fact of setting your your feet on Irish soil, um, your experience, your writing uh, will be so much the richer for it, I'm sure. So fair play to you. Yes. My full respect yes. to you for doing that. So, Vanessa, before we finish up, I just want to read a couple of um, uh, feedback comments. We had uh, emails um, about the podcast. So, Jerry Murphy said, first, I want to say I really enjoy your podcasts and love your bite-sized approach to learning Irish. My wife and I are both bilingual, English and Spanish, and I thought that learning Irish would be easy, but it is a real challenge for me. I believe your course will be very helpful. Well, Jerry, keep at it. There's no silver bullet. Our course is there to help. And what we suggest in the bite-sized method is that you open up the the course, the program uh, every day, but don't feel the pressure to even complete a lesson every day. We used to say that, but I've started to figure out it's actually more important just to show up. And we'll have a blog post on Bite Size Irish Gaelic about showing up in 2016. And um, Mina Kishi said, oh, wait, that's you, is it? No, that's not you. Mina Kishi said uh, that was a nice podcast and I love the cup song and if you don't know what the cup song is just search on YouTube uh, Irish cup song and it's the TG Lurgan uh, group with a uh, pop song in the Irish language and then Adrian on the blog told us that Radio Falta so I talk about a lot about Radio Nagoya which is the official state broadcasters um, Irish language radio station Radio Falta, as far as I know, is based out of Belfast in Northern Ireland. 
and they have a real vibe to them as well. So do check them out online. It's Fanta is um, spelled if you just simply uh, search Google for F A I L T E. And that's a great tip, Adrian. So thanks a lot. So um, Vanessa, I have to say thanks a lot to you for joining us, take, taking the time to speak from Australia. And I really hope that your trip goes well next year or this year. Thank you so much, Vanessa. So you're a bite-sized Irish Gaelic member. And if anybody wants to try out the program that we've been talking about, there's a free, no obligations trial. You just go to www.bitesize.irish slash try. And to leave a question or a feedback for Vanessa uh, about this episode and for links of everything we mentioned, you just go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast59. So thanks finally to Tsukumo, as always, for their music from Japan, which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license. Until the next episode, Slán Gafol. Bye for now.